Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Everybody, welcome to another week of the T-Bone Speaks podcast. This week, we're going to take a step back, and I was a guest with Joshua Scott of Studio 88, who, by the way, they do some phenomenal work. And recently, I did a personal branding session, and I know many of you are dentists saying, why would I need a personal branding session? But the truth is, is your practice is your brand. So if you're interested in increasing the way you do dentistry, and putting yourself out there, I can I suggest you give Joshua Scott with Studio 88 a call. But we were on their podcast called Go Live where we went on Facebook and we just shot the crap and we talked about things. And then we talked about my CE journey, how I got, in, got into taking CE, my first start into providing CE, and how we developed 3D Dentist. And we talked about our new retreat. And then, of course, we talked a little bit about personal branding and marketing. And I know you're going to love this week's episode. So let's go to our interview with Joshua Scott. My question to everybody out there that wants to do more is stop worrying so much about attracting new and service what you got. We're spending so little energy on on servicing these customers. So yes, full arch implant treatment is a, on average in our practice, close to six to 12 months of a sales cycle. And we've gotta be in touch with those people for six to 12 months. It is unbelievably difficult to take a busy general dentist practice and suddenly add full arch implants and not just do them every once in a while. To do them consistently takes methodical effort and planning and strategic scheduling to make that happen. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Go Live. I'm your host, Joshua Scott. We are on episode 29, guys, and it's Friday. Super happy to have the illustrious (laughs) here with me today. What's up, man? You tell me, man. I just got back. Uh, I'm not used to getting a tan. Uh, in the winter months, so I just got back from Orlando this morning. So I've uh, uh, I didn't actually I didn't even know I was coming back today, but uh, yeah, I've got a little bit of a tan, so it's a little unusual to have. Yeah, that. you guys uh, getting away for for winter break? You were uh, did Universal? We did Universal a couple of days uh, a couple of days ago. We did Disney yesterday. I got I got my way and got a day off in between. Okay. Uh, I, I I just I I'm not cut out for the theme park life. No, it, it, it's not, no God no, <laughs> for multiple reasons. One is the outrageous cost. I'm not saying it's not worth it, but uh, I, I don't. I mean, number one, I don't ride any rides. 
uh, I just go. I, I don't do. I don't like. I don't do any of that stuff. It's not yeah. my cup of tea. What, so what do you when the kids are riding a ride? You just hang out. I just sit on the bench outside and just wait for them. <laughs> yeah. So um, do you get? Do you at least get them the fast pass tickets? No, I. I <laughs> I can't, Josh. You can't. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. I don't care how much money I make or what it is. Uh, I can't. I can't. I, so, you know, it's funny. Um, I didn't realize this, that it's $150 to get in now. Okay. Or something, you know, maybe $135. It's $150 yeah. to each ticket to get in the park. And then I went and asked for the fast pass because I just didn't want to wait in line. And I, I mean, my kids are so damn spoiled. They're, they complain about it, right? So um, they said, yeah, today's fast pass is $220. I go, oh, so I just pay the $60 difference between the $150 I paid to get in here. They go, no, it's an additional $220. And I'm like, that's, we're five people. That's another thousand, that's $1,100. I said, there's no way I'm giving you $1,100. No way. My kids can stand in line. I'm not going to stand in line anyway. So uh, I, I just, and then, man. And then the eleven dollar drinks, eleven dollar cokes. It, there were six dollar cokes, and yeah, it's just it's it's okay. I get it. It's a magical experience. It's a vacation. I, I just I have a hard time. Happiest so 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 I've become my parents. We took food and drinks into the park with us. Did you really? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> got the cooler and got your locker. No, no, we didn't do all that. We put it in you know, the backpack and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, 100%. Uh, we've become our parents. I think our parents did it because they couldn't afford it. I think we do it just because we're being cheap. <laughs> that's amazing. At first I was like $150 to get in. I'm like, that's not bad. I think prices have gone down, but that's what they're doing to you, right? They're like, oh, it's not that expensive to get in, but if you want the fast pass, which probably everybody's doing now too. I don't, I got, listen, I've, I know I've lost touch with reality a little bit, but I don't, Look, we're a family of five. And so if we bought fast passes, we'd be in for almost $1,800 a day in park tickets. Wow. And that's, that's, that's outrageous. I'm like, we can watch it on Google. I mean, yeah. we yeah. can do a virtual ride on Google. It'll be just as fun. <laughs> get, yeah get the virtual reality glasses and just uh make it happen oh man well hey look i appreciate you being here uh ending your your week uh with with us uh, oh it's my honor and pleasure it's great um gosh I, I was i was thinking about this i mean so many things that that you do i mean i was gonna have everybody or just have you give everybody a little background on yourself uh, if they don't know you. But I mean, practicing dentist, lecturer, CE provider, podcast host, now training center owner. Yeah. Um, tell me, I mean, how, how did all this get started, man? How did, how, go uh, back. How did it get started? You know, not, none of it got started with, with real purpose. Uh, everything's, everything started one piece by one piece by one piece. And uh, as you taste a little bit of success, as you taste a little bit of um, people responding to what you're doing, then, then you want to do a little bit more. And uh, so that's, that's kind of honestly how it started. I, I, I would go back that all of it started for me in uh, 2001, 2002. Uh, I'm a couple of years out of school and Howard Fran started a website called Dental Town. 
mm-hmm. and uh, pre-social media, that was social media for dentists at the time. And uh, I was pretty active and young and dumb and willing to put myself out there. And uh, that kind of launched my ability to to become recognized. Uh, and the generation before me had to do it through lecturing and uh, dental publications. Yeah. And it took them two decades to get where where me and some of my colleagues got in a few years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, and now to turn about as fair play, now it's the now social media and tell and cell phones. Uh, I, I hard it's hard for me to call them cell phones. Um, have made what took me three or four or five years has made it where people can do the same thing in six months to a year if they're willing to put themselves out there. Uh, so um, you know it's it's very different. I mean. Um, so, so that's, that's where it all started, Dentaltown. Yeah. And then it started with doing some lecturing on some products that we were uh, using a lot in our practice. Then we started the Dentaltown meeting. And then we started doing seminars. Um, and then it turned into, you know, uh, our own training center in, in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And then as of last week, we purchased a 10-acre retreat yeah. here, just about 20 minutes north of us. Uh, and, and my goal, my, I've always been, um, a little at less commercial, less corporate in thinking. Uh, I've always tried to be a little bit smaller and more personalized with people I want to engage. And I, I really want to just shoot the, shoot the shit with people. Uh, so the retreat is really right up my alley in terms of what I'm trying to accomplish. I want to stay with people. I want everybody to be together. Uh, I think some of the best, I don't want to use, I, I, we always say some of the best learning happens, but I don't, I don't think that's really what happens. I think the best learning happens in a classroom environment. I think some of the best motivation and inspiration happens in the community side of things. And, and, th- and that's really what the retreat is about. It's about, you know, putting 10, 12, 15 like-minded dentists together and just giving them a platform uh, along with the instructors, the mentors, myself, to really just talk about what's going on in our practice, what's working, what's not working, and really give people just ideas of implementation uh, is, is really what that's all about. Yeah, yeah. Take me back to, to Dentaltown. I actually didn't know this. Um, you know, we, we hung out together at the end of the year. You came yeah. up to Columbus and, and hung out with us. for. I'm glad it was the end of last year and not right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I, I, I didn't realize this then, your background and, and roots with Dentaltown. I mean, you, you helped or, or started the, the townie meeting? Like, tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. So we started the townie meeting, myself and Samir Puri. We, uh, uh, I was in, on the East Coast of North Carolina at the time. He was on the West Coast and, and just north of L.A. And we uh, were like-minded, uh, pretty much grad, you know, came, came into practice, same, essentially, he may have been one year earlier than me in practice. And we had taken some of the same CE, but never physically had met each other. But yet we were show showcasing some of the same things. And uh, one day I was on a trip out to California to visit my uh, older cousin. And I said, Hey, I'd like to come visit you in LA. Uh, I need a place. I didn't have any money. So I said, I need a place to stay. Can I stay with you? And he welcomed me and my wife in, in, uh, and I said, you know, I, I, you know, guys don't talk about this very much, but it, it was a really, a, a, it was a nice connection for me. 
to meet somebody of my same culture, to meet somebody who aspired the same way I was driven, uh, and and to have that connection. And just literally, I stayed with him one night. Yeah. Um, uh, him and his wife Mina, and, and we just had such a deep connection that I said we should just we should uh, put this together for other people. I said we might be able to make a couple of thousand dollars doing it uh, because that's the business side for both of us, uh, and and that started that. And then I think uh, that was July or August of two thousand and two, and we had the first meeting in February of two thousand and three in Las Vegas. Okay, okay. And obviously, it, it took off from there, uh, and then you were. You were involved with it till about 2012? 2012 is um, when, um, yeah, you know, uh, Samir was very much involved in CDOCs and he had moved to, well, I don't know if he had, I think he had moved or was getting ready to move to Scottsdale and uh, that was going to take more of his time. Uh, I had become significantly more involved in my practice and we approached Howard to, uh, uh, to, to take back the meeting and, uh, uh, he was kind enough to work out an arrangement with us, and uh, it worked out well for all of us. And uh, uh, and we've continued to move uh, forward. And Samir and I remain good friends to this day. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean that was. Um, I think we did our part, and it was such an instrumental thing in my career because it gave me access to speakers yeah. that I probably wouldn't get access to. It gave me access to manufacturers that I know I wouldn't have access to, but I think more importantly, gave me a lot of access to insight to what dentists, what manufacturers, what the industry as a whole is looking out a year, year and a half uh, beyond what we were doing. And it it gave me a lot of insight into those things, uh, things that I still carry into what I do today. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Before, before I, I, you know, started Studio 88. I worked for a, um, a practice management company and we planned C events everywhere uh, and had Howard come and speak at an event. <laughs> and I, I booked all the speakers and, and looking back, I was like, I, I, I actually love the network I was able to create from that. Looking back, I probably didn't take it as seriously enough, you know, just all right. the vendors and the speakers. And I wish I would have taken that more seriously, but um, it's always made me wonder too, cause just cause I had that experience of planning events you know, like if, if we ever did one down the road, it'd be, it'd be fun. Um, but you know, the event business has totally changed. We're talking over two, de- you know, two decades now. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's a different business. I think we'll see a, uh, I think we'll see a fake surge in, in live events. And when I say events, I'm not talking about CE. CE, to me, what we did wasn't C, what I would call CE. They got CE credit, but I wouldn't call it CE. I would call it top-level, thought-provoking, kind of ins- inspiratory, inspirational education. You know, because everybody's up there talking hour, hour and a half. You really can't convey any real learning in hour, hour and a half. But you can give people a broad overview. Uh, so, so I think we'll see a surge in some of that because people are pent up, they want to get out, they want to go do things. Uh, but I think, I think, I think ultimately, uh, the larger meeting business is probably on its last legs. Yeah, uh, I think some niche type of things uh, are still around and will do well. Yeah, uh, but I think, uh, I think the trade show business is, is really on its last legs. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's interesting you say that because I think these, I think the events or the CE that are rooted in social media communities, mm-hmm. I think will do well. But you're yeah. right. Like, 
the Hinmans and the Midwinners and, and a lot of these that have canceled and now canceling multiple times and struggling to go virtual. Um, I think they were already struggling. And I think it's going to be tough. It's, and, and you never know. I think it's, it's sad for dentistry. I think it, it's really sad for dentistry because, um, and it's, it's a, a lot of these things are very hard for me to say uh, because I've been involved in it. And so much, a lot of what I have done has been because of relationships with manufacturers, but we've, we've become more corporatized in dentistry. And that's not just from the DSO end. That's also from the manufacturing side where the meetings are becoming one-sided. It's, it's a corporate structures meeting. It's a, you know, XYZ company meeting. And, and I think they're fun. They're great. They're all those things, but there, there is a little bit of danger in our profession falling into the trap of, of medicine. And I, I don't want to see dentistry become uh, medicine where ultimately we'll become employees. And uh, I think that would be bad for our industry. You know, selfishly, it won't affect me. I'll be long gone by then. But I think uh, for the, and I think the next generation will probably be okay. I think it's the two generations from now uh, where, where, you know, 10, 15 years from now, I think dentistry has a potential to look very different uh, than it does today. Yeah, yeah. So, so you kind of, so you walked down this road with, with the townie meeting and then you get more involved in your practice, turn things back over to Howard, but then you launch into your own yeah. continuing education. Uh, what was it? What was the impetus for that? Was it because you had this experience with the townie meeting? You, you, you always wanted to be an educator. And, and how did you come up with the name? Uh, so, oh, lots of questions there. Sorry. I, uh, I, no, I no, no, that's, that. that's I great. I no, 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 it's perfect. Um, look, I always try to be very truthful with people and transparent. Uh, I think uh, cer- certainly some of it has to do with the entrepreneurial spirit that I have, that I like building and I like earning and I like – I like having a side hustle. Uh, and, and I think it's so important for everybody to have a side hustle. My side hustle happens to be dentistry in the sense that the dental education is part of my side hustle. Um, I, I was getting, so in 2013, when we started this, my kids were now seven, five, and three. So going on the road 30 weekends a year speaking uh, wasn't necessarily a family builder or a husband builder, uh, or a father builder. Um, but also, um, and, and this kind of ties into my, my philosophy of dental practices today, as a speaker, you have a ceiling. You have a ceiling on how many times you can go out. You have a ceiling ultimately on how much you can charge. So ultimately, it's, it's not, it's not um, it doesn't fit my, my belief system. My belief system is that you should have an unlimited uh, earning potential. And uh, so, so when you want that, you have to go into business ultimately. And so that's when we started 3D Dentists. The name came from, uh, I, I believed at the time, we're talking almost a decade ago now, um, that digital dentistry was, was going to be everything in dentistry. It was going to drive what we were doing. It was driving everything in my practice by then. I mean, at that point, my practice, everything uh, that had driven the growth of my practice was around digital dentistry. And uh, so, so I went with the name 3D Dentists. And uh, um, uh, at the, you know, in the beginning of things, I was very much tied to a particular manufacturer that I was working with. 
And then uh, the long-term goal has always been to expand into other 3D markets so that we can be a resource uh, for all dentists, not just dentists of a certain manufacturer, uh, but to be able to provide uh, education regardless of what quote-unquote camp or digital camp that you're in. And I think the lines are getting blurred and all of that now anyway. I think we're reaching a point where um, so much, all of it is so good. Uh, Some are better than others, certainly, uh, but all of it is so good. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, you know, a a decade ago, I mean, CAD CAM was certainly around, but it Mm -hmm. it wasn't nearly as across the board as we're seeing now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Yeah, you know, but that's easy to say because we were on the curve up and it was continuing to go up. I think um, I think CAD CAM has become more recognized. It has gotten better and more predictable. Uh, the longevity has has met whatever needs dentists have. But I I, I also want to say this. I think we use the word CAD CAM ubiquitously, and I don't think that's where the growth in the market is right now. Yeah. I think the growth in the market right now is in digital impressions, okay. not necessarily CAD CAM. Uh, and, and the market is probably 10 times bigger or maybe even more for digital impressions than it is for CAD CAM. And um, I'm a firm believer that, that, that most practices need CAD CAM in their office. Uh, but I think the starting point to CAD CAM is a digital impression system. Yeah. Uh, so, so um, I hope the market starts to see that and understand. Well, the market is seeing it and understanding it. Uh, you know, um, Josh, you know, you're, 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 a little, you're my age, a little bit younger, I think. But uh, you probably remember in your early days in dentistry, a dentist used to wheel around an intraoral camera on a cart that had a TV with a strap on it, you know, when TVs were 20 inches deep at the time. And uh, it would have a little thermo, thermo, thermographic printer on it. And you would have this camera that you'd put into a mouth and you'd capture these little, pol- no, not Polaroids, but like Polaroid pictures. 
And those things were in the $15,000 ballpark. And that's what digital impression systems can be today. And I think uh, what were intraoral cameras and offices went to getting intraoral cameras dedicated to each each operatory in their practice, I think we're on the beginning stages of digital impressions being you starting to become ubiquitous as as in every operatory, not necessarily on a cart system that gets wheeled around from a digital impression side, but a camera that is in each operatory and having a much greater use than just taking impressions for laboratory restorations, but as a as a replacement for intraoral cameras, as a way to show patients uh, the fourth dimension, which is time, uh, how their teeth are changing over time, as a way to do simulations of how uh, dentistry can, what, what we can offer in dentistry. There's a reason aligner therapy is growing uh, leaps and bounds. Uh, yeah. It's because we're able, to, we're able to show patients instantaneously what their teeth would look like through a line of therapy versus we didn't have that with, with braces before. We didn't have that instantaneous ability that yeah. we have today. Yeah. Gosh, great points. You, you've also put together a, like a bit of a team. You've got some pretty great mm-hmm. clinicians uh, lecturing and, and doing courses with you. T- tell me about that. Like, was that something that came natural? Like this is going to be a team kind of approach oh. or no, no, that's very unnatural for me. Um, um, the team, I, I, I get, I, I understand that a team is important. And I'll, I'll, I'll never get, I've ne- will never have gotten as far as I've gotten without a team. Like, let's think of it this way. I bet, I would bet money that if it were just me, we would have never started the townie meeting. Because sometimes you need support. We, I didn't, we didn't, neither one of us had money, so we didn't need economic support, but we needed a mental support, uh, you know, a, emotional support to get it started, knowing that somebody else believed what I believed. And as a team, we took that to something. Okay. And, and the same thing in education business. And so 3D dentists didn't start or even, do, I, I didn't think of it as becoming a team approach, it naturally progressed that way uh, from a business sense that uh, one, as we needed to branch out into other things to capture a bigger share of the market to sustain our business, I just, I'm not an expert in everything. So you've got to bring people in that are experts at things. And then the same thing that happened from speaking, ultimately, yes, I can make more by raising my fees, you know, all of the, having more people in a class. But ultimately, I don't want to work 30 weekends a year, correct? I mean, because now my kids are 15, 13, 11, and I'm not interested in working 30 weekends a year. So ultimately, to offset that time, you've got to have a team. And, and putting the team together is uh, the, probably the most difficult thing uh, that you do in any business, uh, and the most important thing you do. I mean, I, I try to say that people are your number one product in, in your practice, and my people, our team at 3D Dentists is, is ultimately our number one product because you can learn what we teach bazillion places. You can learn it on YouTube. You can learn it on SlideShare. You can learn it on social media. But really, it's the people. It's the connection. It's, it's how you relate to the educator. It's, it's how they relate to you, how they follow up with you, how all of that happens. That really ultimately is the difference uh, because ultimately, we're all teaching from the same script. 
uh, it's whether or not people connect with you uh, that really that really makes the difference. Yeah, yeah. So I know one of the one of your guys' main focus. I mean, you you have lots of different courses. I mean, mm-hmm. sleep and but one one of your main drivers is is your dental implant course. Right. Um, obviously, there's lots of dental implant courses out there. Yeah. What what do you tell people? Like, why yours? What makes you guys different? Well, I, I think. Um, well, I th- I have several things. Okay, I think number one is I started from a non-surgical background. Uh, in fact, I, I joke all the time that I passed out watching, not even doing, watching my first tooth extraction in dental school uh, and vowing to never do surgery. And in fact, for the first five years of my practice, I didn't take out teeth. Um, so I, I, I understand, I very keenly understand the fears that a lot of dentists face in terms of getting started, okay? Uh, so so we, we built our program essentially around how I got started. And that was a non-surgical approach to getting started with implants. Now, I'm, I'm, surg- I'm very much more surgically oriented now than I ever imagined I would be. But if I walked into starting implant dentistry, thinking or trying to do full arch cases, uh, I don't think I would have gotten here. Okay. I, I would have never gotten to the point I'm at. So we take a very step-by-step safe approach to implant dentistry. And that's not saying that other people don't teach safe, but we take a very safe approach that will, implant dentistry is unlike any other aspect of dentistry, it is literally never ending. You start from single tooth to multiple teeth to full arches to double arches. I mean, it's, it's, it's just this decades of long uh, of learning. And then the next thing in implant dentistry is, is dealing with failures and soon to be failures. Um, so we take a safe approach. Number one is, is we teach implant dentistry from step one is extraction graft, getting the site prepared. Step two is placing the implant. And then when it comes to placing the implant, we're true to our name and we do it digitally. Uh, we don't teach, we don't teach people that don't invest in cone beam and digital impression. So to take our implant training, you have to have or like immediately getting a digital impression system and a CBCT uh, because we believe that is the way for general dentists to safely get into implant dentistry. So we teach a completely guided approach. And then the new thing that we started last year in all of this was live patient treatment. Okay. Uh, so we, we, so we provide the patients uh, you come in, we will, and we will dive deep. You know, I, I can't have, I, I don't have the ability for people to come in and place 10, 15, 20 implants. So if they're looking for just the sheer volume of number of implants they're going to place, we're not the right fit for them. But if they're looking to place four or five implants and do it literally from beginning to end, from where we take the records, from where we take the, uh, we do the virtual planning to where we design the surgical guide and print the surgical guide and do the guided surgery and take the digital impression and then soon to be designing the final restoration. Um, if, if they're interested in that on a deep level, then, then we're a great solution for them. Uh, so so we're, we're literally just redoing what I did in my practice. And, yeah. and, and it's worked for me. I'm biased, certainly. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a great way. Uh, I found it to be a great way to safely teach people. And I think there are more people that are, that are 
fearful of getting started than than that are ready to go all in into implant dentistry. Yeah, yeah, I love that because I've noticed that. And until so you said that, I didn't put it together, but some guys love the surgical side of it and just jump in head first. But there's a lot of dentists that uh, have some apprehension and don't know necessarily where to start. So Yeah, and you know, that apprehensive is very, very well-founded. Number yeah. one, we didn't learn any of this in dental school. We can barely get enough crowns and root canals in dental school to get through. Um, and, and there's so much fear out there. There's, there's the fear of the technology. There's the fear of the procedure. There's the fear of, of what your specialist is going to say or do to you. Uh, there's the fear of all, all these fears are there. So we just take a very, in my opinion, logical, safe starting to implant dentistry. And, and then, you know, then I, just like my own practice, once I got through the first few years of, of just doing this and getting good at the fundamentals in the world, the world opened up yeah. into things. Yeah. So you also have, have your podcast. Yeah. You guys are 227 ish episodes in. That, are we at 227 episodes now? Wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so congrats. I think they say the Thank average. You podcast doesn't get past like six or seven episodes. So. Yeah, that's why uh, my wife is starting a podcast. And uh, oh, cool. so that's statistics in my mind. So our agreement to her was, uh, we will record eight podcasts before we release it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, so that way we'll start past where uh, everybody is. Nice. Uh, or where everybody, most people quit. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how the podcast gets started? Obviously you had 3D dentists happening before that, right? Just, was it just something that kind of interests you and you thought you'd jump in for a couple and see how it'd go? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all next fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course, it's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Yes and no. I mean, so, so the answer is always yes to that part of it. The answer is yes, we want to see how it goes. But, you know, I'm pretty um, methodical in my thought process. And so, again, 
I, I, and I say this very genuinely, I think it's okay to be a bit selfish. Okay. I think it's okay to think about what you're getting out of it, because if you're not getting something out of it, you're not going to put into it what you need to put into it to make it valuable for people. So the podcast for me was a a way to market the courses and a way first and foremost, that was the why behind it. Now I want to have fun. I want to do a lot of things. I want to make sure we deliver value. I want to do all those things that are at the core of my belief system. But, but it was all about definitely helping to keep me out there to keep me top of mind, which, you know, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, how marketing is there in in today's world, but you got to stay top of mind or you're going to die. I mean, it's just this bottom line. So the podcast is a way for on a weekly basis to get out there, to continue to touch people, to connect with people, to share what's going on. I've always been a relatively speaking an open book about uh, talking about the ups and downs that we're facing, you know, just like everybody else. So we're all a little guarded. We don't share everything, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. And, and it's awesome. It's, it's awesome to go places and have people say, uh, you know, to talk to you about certain things that you've shared in the podcast. And I think uh, frankly speaking, podcasting is probably the most intimate way to connect with somebody because yeah. you're in their ear you they hear your voice, they hear the inflection of your voice, uh, and it's something unlike video uh, that you can passively do. It's very hard to watch a video passively. That's why videos have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter, and podcasts keep getting longer and longer and longer um, because the, the, the connection ability, people can do it while they drive, they can start and stop, they can do it while they exercise, uh, they can do it on airplane rides, they can do it, you know, there's a lot... I listen to a lot of podcasts in my bed. I put my little headphones on and, and I listen to it in bed as well. So yeah, um, it kind of makes you like, I'm sure you've had this experience, but it almost like it creates uh, a little, and you don't even realize it's happening, but when people listen to you and I think you're right, it's that intimacy and you're in their ear, like it creates a little bit of like the celebrity type status. You ever have somebody come up to you like, Oh my gosh, it's yeah. you. I've been, <laughs> and, and, you, sure. and it's so weird yeah. to you too, right? Yeah. And, and, and Look, in the scheme of things, we're, a, we're, a, we're an industry of like 150 or 200,000 people, right. okay? So celebrity status is very, very <laughs> a loose term, right? Yeah. But absolutely. You're, there are people say, hey, how's your kid doing? And I'm like, well, who, who, one, who are you? How do you know about my kid? You know, what kind of child molester are you? You know, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, absolutely. There, there's that part of it. But a podcast alone doesn't do it. Okay. Uh, I believe just like you believe in marketing, you've got to find a way to consistently be in a lot of different venues. You got to be video, you know, we're recording a podcast, but we're doing it by video. You've got to do live. uh, You've got to do audio. You've got to do written. You've got to be in a lot of places and it becomes overwhelming. Uh, You know, uh, it becomes very overwhelming. You know, um, I want to ask you a question on this. Um, I didn't re- I didn't put two and two together for me uh, until I we did a podcast with Tejas Patel a few weeks. We recorded a few weeks, uh, three couple of three weeks back, and yeah. we released it this past week. And and I always go, go everything based on you know when I was his you know when I was starting my practice 
my market was literally five miles around me. Okay. And so we would think about attracting patients from five miles away. Uh, and I was talking to him and without getting exact numbers from him, I got the sense that 70% of his patients fly in to see him. And social media has made it to where your market is now probably a nonstop flight, uh, probably a four hour flight. And, and, and so people, patients will fly and travel to see a, a dentist, unlike anything we, I experienced in, in, in the, the early part of my career, in the, what I call the marketing stage of my career. And, and, and it, was, it was amazing to me. Uh, I, I didn't put two and two together that the, the work we're doing on social, the work that one can do on social media isn't just about attracting patients from 5, 10, 15 miles around your practice. It's about attracting people from all over the country and for a few select people, even all over the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, gosh, I mean, the boundaries for that, the, the barriers has, have come way down. I mean, before yeah. you'd have to do a national television campaign that would cost, you know, whatever amount. Millions. Yeah, and, um, and, and that's what social media is doing for sure. And, and I think people, I think I really believe now people want to connect with their, their professionals, like, like their healthcare professionals or wherever. They want to connect with them first. Um, and so video, that's why video is so important because, man, they sit here and they, they listen to the, the tone of your voice and their, your authenticity and they're like, boom, like that's my guy. Um, and, and so they want that. We want that versus just Googling and clicking on five people and picking the, you know, one out of the mix. So, well, along that lines, I think, um, I, I get a lot of dentists that'll ask me, Hey, I want to do Google ads. I'm like, don't waste your, I'm not saying it doesn't work, I'm, but I, I want, I want to get my thought out there. Yeah. I'm, I say to them, don't waste your money if you don't have anything on the back end yeah, yeah. to make you the expert right. when people click your ad. Yeah. Okay. If they click your ad and they literally, you just, all you've created is a lead. Right. That lead is, is somewhat useless if they're not connecting to you, if you're not answering their questions, if you're not understanding, like the number one question patients have is always about cost. And so many dentists and so many gurus try to teach dentists how to skirt around the answer of how much something costs. And my, my thing is just tell people, I mean, just say, Hey, listen, a, a, a full arch implant hybrid is going to be anywhere between 20 and $35,000. And here's how you determine the difference between the price, because that's a big difference between 20 and $35,000. $20,000 is going to be a value economical object. Uh, a prosthetic. It's going to be a. It's going to be an acrylic made out of plastic, and thirty-five thousand dollars is going to be uh, the same surgical procedure, but made with a luxurious final product. Yeah. And, and just literally, just a video like that, thirty seconds, sixty seconds, um, answers people's questions. And the goal is to get them to come into your office, um, not having a lot of questions. Really, just to put eyes to you. And to want to, and basically for you to say, yes, you're a good candidate. How do you, I, I was actually just having this conversation with a client today and it, and it tends to be, this is a, a common thread that we're dealing with when it comes to dental implant marketing specifically, because uh, it's probably in the last 24 months, probably the biggest trend in dental marketing has become just specific implant marketing and Google AdWords and, 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 you know, people want the Google AdWords campaign and they want to mm -hmm. drive the phone calls. What I'm seeing though, the biggest problem is, okay, now you got 20 to 30 phone calls coming in a month. 
Um, nobody wants to set aside that much appointment time because, uh, you know, cause then you get patients there financially like, Oh, I had no idea. How do you vet those, your potential implant patients out so that it's not a waste of your time? Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's no one answer to this and I'm not, look, I, I don't want to say I'm an expert at this, but I can tell you the things I've tried, some of the things that have worked, some of the things that haven't worked. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's go back for a second. Okay. There, uh, I don't know what year it was, 2018 or 2019. I can't remember which one it was. I spent $4,000 a month on Google AdWords with the landing page. And we drove 50 to 60 phone calls to our office every month. Okay. Okay. And we converted zero of those patients. Okay. And that, that is because the marketing company did their job. They drove the leads, correct? That's, yeah. that's what we pay them to do then my front office phone people totally dropped the ball in terms of how we answered, what we answered, because those are very cold leads. Yeah. Okay? So that's one aspect of it. So how do you screen them? You, you record your calls, number one, so that way you can sit down with your team members and see what the hell is happening. And yeah. when I did that, I was mortified at what was going on in my office a couple of years ago. I was like, holy smokes. No yeah. wonder none of these people are, are coming in or converting, okay? Yeah. So that's one aspect. Another thing that we did uh, is we charged for our consults 50 bucks. Okay. And so what that did was we had less at-bats, but the people that did come in were more serious because they had some skin in the game, yeah. okay? So that's one uh, option there. Another thing that we're doing uh, in our practice uh, now is – we're having consult days. So most dentists don't work or shouldn't be work. If you're, if you're really serious about building your implant practice, you shouldn't be being a dentist five days a week. Yeah. Uh, you, you should set aside either a couple of afternoons or a couple of half days that are consult times. If we take from our plastic surgeon friends, orthopedic friends, they have office hours and then they have surgery hours. Yeah. And so we have to have some office hours by what I mean by that is consult hours. So where we can have dedicated time where we do consults and nothing else. And you can do some hygiene checks, certainly. And that way you're, you're really engaged with your, your leads there uh, so that you can have a better close rate. And you're not trying to do a thirty dollars to $50,000 case consult in between a quadrant of fillings. <laughs> it's, uh, like, like I'm going to work my ass off to do five, $600 in fillings. And I've got a patient over here that's considering spending 30 to $50,000. And I'm going to, I'm going to see them in between all this stuff. It, it's illogical in that sense. And the last part that we're doing that we're starting to do, we're not doing as good of a job at it as we would like is we try to do a pre-consult over the phone before the patient comes in. So our front office team will schedule the consult with the patient and then our treatment coordinator, uh, depending on the type of consult they're coming in for, will then call the patient, answer some questions, try to weed through some of those common questions. So that way when they do come in, that they've already had the how much, is he, any, is he or she any good, some, some basic questions so that way the patient's not coming in and getting those. So I think between the combination of those things, um, we're, we're, we're getting better at having very warm leads in the practice. Uh, but then there's still the part of the sales part of it, uh, the communication part of it. And, and then follow-up is so important. And, 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 and dentists don't put enough 
Follow-up is part of, we, we use this word marketing, like it's all about the lead generation. Right. But marketing is not just the lead generation. Marketing is the sales process when people are in front of you. In other right. words, do you have before and afters? Do you have sample patients? Do you have testimonials you can show them? And then marketing to me is also the follow-up process because 90% of your patients are going to say no. So there's got to be some form of follow-up process. Right. Are you emailing them? Are you texting them? Are you, are you, are you, you know, strategically sending them articles that talk about uh, how snoring is killing people or how, uh, you know, how recently XYZ movie star just got their teeth done or something along those lines. So there's got to be a follow-up, what I call top of mind, uh, yeah. that, that goes with it, that to me is in the marketing ballpark. Marketing is just not about lead generation. It's about all three phases of closing cases. Yeah, no, I love that you said that because I think we're, especially with, with implant marketing, you're dealing with a longer sales cycle. And, mm -hmm. and I think dentistry, and you can correct me if, if, if you feel like I'm, I'm off on this, but I feel like dentistry is, has been really good at building a business around anything that converts within like a 30 day period of time. But it's been really bad at, at building a, pro a process or business around maintaining a long sales cycle. Like yeah. if that person falls off in 30 days, I'm like, that, that person's actually interested in implants. It might take them 18, 24, 36 months to get everything lined up to go, okay, I'm ready. But we've lost it and they, they go right back to ground zero search again, trying to find a... a yeah, and, and so you're absolutely right. So my, my question to everybody out there that wants to do more is stop worrying so much about attracting new and service what you got. Yeah. You know, get, get your process down. New is important. Don't get me wrong. You've got to have, you've got to have the faucet coming in. Yeah. But we're spending so little energy on, on servicing these customers. So, so one of the things I look at in our practice is I look at the – our percentage of collections that is through patient financing. And I want, I want that number to be close to 25%. Okay. Now that's a high number. Okay. Uh, but that's what I want because that means we are presenting ideal treatment mm -hmm. and that number comes from follow-up systems in place where you are following up with people and you're working with them and you got to have financing options in place for them. And, Yes, full arch implant treatment is a, on average in our practice, close to six to 12 months yeah. of a sales cycle. And we've got to be in touch with those people for six to 12 months. Uh, and certainly on the front end, we're going to be more in touch with them. So we do a two day, two week, two month follow-up system. And then we go to a six month follow-up system after that, where we're trying to subliminally connect with people. Yeah. And, uh, and look, in your, in your world, you can run Facebook ads targeted just to the people that came to your office for consults so they can get a post-consult Facebook uh, uh, stream that talks about after, after the consult what they, you know, uh, additional questions that they may have. So yeah. there's so many, thank you, so many options of, of what we can do on the marketing side. And, yeah. and, it's, it's, and this is why I, I believe that dentists shouldn't be dentisting. And what the hell, I don't know what the hell that word means. Uh, it's some new millennial word. Uh, uh, they shouldn't be dentisting all the time because you've, you've got to be working on what you're trying to become. Now, yeah. if, if you want to be a, a meatball bread and butter dentist, and there is, by the way, nothing 
wrong with that. You will make a great living and have a great life. Um, then you, yeah, you need to be a dentist doing dentistry the vast majority of the time. But where, where I'm seeing over and over dentists fail and not their practice failing, but their desire to do more advanced and what I call more advanced and emotional procedures is they're not giving themselves the margin or the time or the runway to build that into your practice. It is unbelievably difficult to take a busy general dentist practice and suddenly add full arch implants and not just do them every once in a while. To right. do them consistently takes methodical effort and planning and strategic scheduling to make that happen. It's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I love how your water bottle magically appeared there in the corner of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it um, no, I, I, I actually never put that together. When you said it, it made a lot of sense um, because I, I have definitely seen this trend, especially with, with the younger dentist group, the millennials, um, really loving the whole surgical side of it, yeah. but trying to fit that within a standard dental practice model yeah, like, like it, it's not lining up altogether. So I, I'd love that thought. And uh, it can work. It, it works. I, I am living proof that you can have a standard general practice, but what people, or maybe I'm not doing a good enough job or what people aren't doing a good enough job hearing is that I, I, I beg, I borrow from Peter to pay Paul. So if I have a four day week general practice as a dentist myself, I'm willing to take the hit and go to three week, three days of general dentistry and, and set aside a day, whether yeah. it's all one day or, or three uh, third days or whatever it is to build this new start. And, and that's what you got to look. It's a new startup. Hmm. It's a new startup within your existing practice. And, and, and that's where I think people have lost sight with, they, they forgot what they put into the startup phase of their overall practice. And they forget that when they finally get, they get past survival mode. And now they're like, hey, I want to do implants or I want to do sleep or I want to do more uh, clear line of therapy or whatever it is that they want to do, more sedation, whatever it is they want to do. They forget that that's a new startup and they've got to give it the same level of love and attention that they gave their personal practice startup at the very beginning. And, they, and they've got to get out there and, and, and make themselves uncomfortable. Like, I don't love doing these videos. It's not my favorite thing, but I, I make myself more comfortable at it. And I, and I practice and I hone and I do it. And, and I, 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 I get people around me to just make it happen so that I'm forced into it. And, yeah. uh, and you get better at it. You just got to, you got, you can't plan it out. You just got to do it. Yeah. Gosh, I think that's so helpful. Um, a couple months ago, you, you sent me a text and you said, Hey, got some exciting news, something, something really big's going on. And it turns out you, uh, you purchased a, a little bit of a kind of, I, I don't know what you're calling it for me. It almost looks like a retreat center. It is a retreat. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me about that and, and kind of that role and, and like what you're seeing your vision for even continuing education and why that's going to play an important part. Yeah. You know, um, look, I, I heard somebody a long time ago, a dinosaur by, by today's standards said, if you're going to quote me, date me. Right. Uh, so, by, so same thing, I guess I could say is in a perfect world, if the business works the way I want it to work and where I believe it should work, the single location private practice dentist is getting shafted. And what I mean by that is everything is being built around uh, dealing with DSOs, 
dealing with multi-locations, dealing with transactional practices. And there's nothing wrong with all of those things. And I'm a capitalist and believe in the free market economy. Um, but I, I believe that most of us got into dentistry because we wanted to be our own boss. We wanted to work in a profession that is noble, where we can provide great clinical dentistry, where we can employ 5, 10, 15 people and get to know them and really have a a, 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 a sense of pride in that you're helping 15 families uh, make a living. And I think there's very little education out there for that dentist. Uh, and not in the education sense, in the community sense. And so like we do training. Uh, we've been doing training for seven, eight years now. And we'll have a room 20, 30, 40, 10, whatever the number is. And half will be associates, half will be new dentists, half will be uh, uh, from a DSO practice. But I always saw that that individual dentist didn't understand or didn't get taken care of like the DSO dentist or the associate dentist because there's so many organizations for them. And so, so I had this dream years ago to, to find a place where dentists would stay with us. And uh, so and that started from when I first started doing training back in 2004. So I always made it a point that we did an Indian, an Indian dinner at my house uh, after the first day of the class. And it was always met with the most compliments. It wasn't, oh, the food is great. It was, thank you for taking us to your house. Thank you for allowing us to talk. Thank you for sharing what's going on. Thank you for putting us in the area where we can talk. And then it continued where, from a pure economic sense, as we were in the startup phase of Foodie Dentist, I would have my instructors and mentors stay at our home. And we were fortunate enough to have a large enough home where we could house 5, 10, 15 people to stay, 5, five 10, not 15 necessarily, but five or six people to stay with us. And we became close and we saw our practices grow from being around each other. And, and then the vision there was, why can't we do that for all of the attendees or the vast majority of the attendees to our programs? Just, yeah. just, just take them hostage for three days and make them eat with each other, sleep, not sleep with each other in that way, but stay in the same, same place together. Like, walk, walk to class. Talking about. <laughs> walk to class together. You know, walk yeah. back to the, to the housing together. And, and, you know, I got to give unbelievable credit to my wife. She one day called me and said, I found the perfect place for you. And, uh, and, and she went, we went and looked at it. And just like I needed that emotional support uh, that me and Samir provided each other when we started Townie Meeting, I needed that emotional support from her to let me know that she's behind me, that it's okay, that it's not a crazy idea, and that basically we're going to be okay. Because frankly, I didn't need it. I mean, we're doing fine without it, but it's something that, that I believe in. Uh, so so we, we, um, we first saw the retreat uh, at the end of December 2020. Uh, the worst time to buy play, buy something where dentists are going to stay together, right? I mean, in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, and then um, we closed on it February the 4th. And today is February the 19th. Yeah. And we have our first class there on February the 25th. Uh, wow. And then moving forward, all of our programs will be at our new 10-acre retreat. 
That's awesome, man. It looks incredible. I mean, it looks sick. Yeah, um, and yeah it's, it's neat. I mean, it's, it's a house. It's, uh, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it is, it's beautiful. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's near perfect for what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't, I don't think I could build it much better or differently uh, than the way it's set up. And we lucked into it. I mean, it costs a lot of money and all of those things, but um, we lucked into not having to build it. Building it would have cost way more. And I, honestly, I never would have done it uh, because it would have taken, I, I have an aversion to building things because I don't like to pick doorknobs. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, gosh, it looked amazing. And, and I think you're on to something. I mean, immediately I was like, I, I want to go. Like, I, I know the course well, I think, great, um, but I'm, I'm going to, you may see me on, on the registry come through. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think uh, Meredith is talking to your wife about purposefully bringing you guys down uh, <laughs> to give his hand, which by the way, uh, let me tell you something, okay? Because I got to give you kudos, okay? I don't, I don't hand out compliments very often. I don't say a lot because it's just not my, in my personality. Uh, but my wife went out of her way to text me that some of the branding videos that you did for us were the best videos that we've ever done. And this comes from somebody who has, for the last three, and I've shared this with you, yeah. for the last three years, I've hired six different videographers. Right. To, and I just haven't been able to get it done when I have full-time people around me. And uh, just in that, I, not even a full day, we sp probably spent four, five, six hours yeah. uh, together that day. Uh, she was so impressed. I mean, I was impressed. Yeah. But again, I don't, I don't know until other people around me tell me it's good right. uh, because I always think I'm great on camera and on video. So. <laughs> You're like, of course it's great. <laughs> of course, I mean, it's me. <laughs> why, why would it be? I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, she, she loved it. And uh, uh, so, so basically... Uh, what she keeps telling me, and this is not a great negotiation skill on my part, is that uh, you guys have to come down and do the majority, yeah. if not all, the marketing that we want to do. Pay them whatever <laughs> they want. They have to. <laughs> well, she didn't use those words exactly, Josh, okay? <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but what she did say was that, and this goes, um, this goes for a lot of things in my life that I've learned the hard way is I spent more money trying to get it right than just paying somebody more money to get it right. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, in that one day, that's what your guys did for us. We, we yeah. came out with, and we need to do that more. Uh, and, and along the line, and I, and I wanted to, and I, I think I want to follow this up with you sometime on, on my podcast is I want to talk about the importance of personal branding in dentistry, yeah. because most people think of personal branding as, insta famous or i'm selling dresses or whatever the hell people are selling on instagram these days and uh, a practice is a personal brand i mean bottom line is is unless you're building a monstrosity it's a personal brand it's people are buying you people the number one product we have in any practice is people and and dentists have to understand that we're in the personal branding space uh, in everything we do from the colors to the logos to the live videos. And that doesn't mean they have to be perfect and produced. It just means that you have to do those things because it's the only way to make yourself not a commodity. Mm -hmm. and, and we need to be not a commodity, at least those of us that are in my space in dentistry, which is the single location, uh, trying to do 
a wide range of services, you got to be a non-commodity. Because yeah. if you're trying to survive in the insurance world, in the fillings and crown world, you're competing with large corporate outfits that you probably won't beat. Yeah, yeah. And gosh, I think as, as, the, as things get more advanced and more automated and more technologically driven, uh, I think that need for human connection is going to go up with, I think people see it as a either or like, well, we're going to get way more advanced and human connection is going to go down. I think they both are going to rise yeah. at the same level. And gosh, even thinking like post COVID, how much more important human connection is going to be, um, you know, out coming out of this and, and in the future. So I think your personal brand's huge. I think it's wide open in dentistry right now. Um, yeah, and personal brand and dentistry is two different things. It's dentist to dentist, kind of like what I do. And that's where I've put my stake in the ground because all the things I talk about doing or that I do, I don't necessarily do for my practice. I do for my dentist to dentist branding. And then there's dentist to consumer. And I think, I think where it's super wide open is the dentist to consumer part yeah. because there's, there are probably 150 million potential dentist, dental patients in the United States, and there's only a hundred thousand potential dentist customers in the United States. So there is, uh, yeah. it's it's unbelievable what you can do if you just take a camera on your phone and stick your face in it, and just be authentic to people and tell them what you're doing, yeah. uh, because people want to watch pimple popping on on social media they yeah. want to watch teeth being ripped out of people's heads yeah. and they want to they want to watch teeth being shaved down to nubs it's it's miraculous to me that that's what people want to watch but that they want to know what they're getting done to them yeah. and and they want to trust somebody who shows goods and bads yeah it, it's it's pretty simple to me yeah yeah love it love it well hey man let me i'm gonna get this wrapped up because i know you got to get on sure. your way and i, I appreciate so much of your time uh tonight end of end of a long week it's a friday night um what are you guys you're you're hanging out as a family just, just relaxing what what are you eating what are you drinking uh, josh uh i am not a great role model when it comes to personal balance uh, <laughs> it's all fair man there's no judgment here well i'm not because uh here's what i am i'm very good at i'm very good at taking eight to ten weeks off a year yeah. and spending it with the family yeah. I'm very good at uh, doing that burst of time. Yeah. But then when I'm not on vacation, I am all in. So like I, right after we're done, I'm going to the new retreat and I'm ma making sure things are moving along there. Uh, we will probably uh, do like everybody else is doing during COVID. We will order uh, unhot food on Grubhub or DoorDash. I can't remember which one I have a membership in. Okay. I pay, I pay $10 a month in a membership to one of those. Yeah. And then I'm not a big drinker. So we'll uh, have water, some more water bottles will miraculously show up. Yeah. And then uh, I will probably yell my kids names every hour asking where they're at. As I sit on the couch watching TV, they will come down and sit next to me for three, four minutes. And then without, I'll get tranced on the TV and then I'll look over and they won't be there. And then I'll yell their name again. And then I'll wonder why, <laughs> you know and then i'll have to cut the internet off to their xbox or something like that to get yeah. them to come downstairs uh that's awesome that's awesome well man look i appreciate your time um if people want to find out more about you and 3d dentist where, where's the best place for yeah them? uh the easiest way is uh to go to tbonespeaks.com and that'll that'll forward to our 3d dentist website 
Uh, and then the super easy way is just hit me up on, and on messaging on any platform, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Uh, I haven't figured out this clubhouse thing. I see people on there like 18 hours a day. I'm like, do you not have a life? So I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I don't even know how that works, but I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook uh, and LinkedIn as well. That's the best way uh, to reach out, call me with your problems, uh, tell me what's going on. And I'm always happy to help. Uh, just, just be ready for me to give you the honest truth sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Verbal well, diarrhea. Yeah. That, that's what's so great about you is uh, your approachability, but also your transparency and, and honesty. So um, guys, if you uh, interested in, in checking out uh, their courses, hit them up, ask them questions, uh, super responsive. We'll get back to you. So, man, I appreciate it, especially coming back from Orlando and jumping right back yeah, in. Stuff. Absolutely, man. I've been dying. It's been a week of vacation. I need to get back to work. <laughs> You're like, I got to work. I love you, but I got to work. Yeah, absolutely, man. This, this, this drives me. I mean, this is, I love this. Yeah. I, I really do. Yeah. All right, man. Well, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, catch you on the next episode. T-Bone, thanks. Thank you, Josh. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.